Hello, everybody. You are listening to See Through Panel, a comic book discussion podcast. My name is Cole Harvey. I am here with the head ramen. Hello, everyone. Today, we're going to be just chatting, talking about the things we read, talking about just comics in general and uh, what we've been enjoying. I guess I'll start it off with a big book that has no words in it. Well, some words, but it is an art book. And I wondered, Fahed, if you had ever heard of Jeff Darrow, an artist. No, I've not, actually. Okay, so I've got the... It's called Lead Poisoning, the pencil art of Jeff Darrow. Here. Oh, did he do, um, like, uh, like a cowboy monk thing? Yes, Shaolin oh, Cowboy. Yeah, Shaolin Cowboy. Yes, I have heard of him, yeah. Awesome, yes. he's. I think he's most well-known for doing Hard Boiled with Frank Miller. Okay. Um, and then he does, yeah, his own thing called Shaolin Cowboy. But he actually tweeted like a week ago that he had finished another miniseries of Shaolin Cowboy, which is awesome. So that's going to be coming out. But um, it's just a, an art book of his uh, pencil drawings, just pencil, no inks, no colors. And if you've seen Jeff Darrow's work, it is like ridiculously fine lines, fine details. You need like a magnifying glass to see everything. Like you need to see the earrings on the people and the people are like, there's like 400 people in the scene and it's absolutely insane. Uh, I just brought this up because I really, I don't think I've ever talked about Jeff Darrow on the show, but he's definitely one of my favorite artists because I, I, I love the style. I don't know if you'll be with me on this because just judging what, what you like. Um, I really like the really complicated, super heavy detailed, um, really fine line drawing. And that's exactly what Jeff does. And yeah. this this book is like uh, probably like 150 pages of just that. And it's got excerpts from Hard Boiled, I believe. Or maybe these are just sketches that he did for Hard Boiled. I don't know. And then Shaolin Cowboy, of course. Uh, he does a bunch of like posters that he had done for different movies and stuff. He was also a storyboard artist on the original Matrix. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he's I think he works normally as doing storyboarding. Um but when he comes back to comics, it's always awesome. So tell us a little bit about the book. You said that you, you mentioned it was a wordless comic. So is this an art book? Is it a series of uh, sketches? Is it comic strips? What, what's kind of like the format that we're talking about here? Um, it's it's an art book. Um, I think it does have a lot of excerpts from his comics straight up that were just the first draft pencils. The really yeah. cool thing about it, there are technically there are words, but um, that's the cool thing is that He's got a bunch of different names in here doing various excerpts on art. So he has Dave Stewart, uh, obviously really famous colorist, doing the intro. And then each art piece has maybe just like a writer or an artist talking about Jeff or talking about the piece. And sometimes they're just putting poetry with the with the um, the art. So you have John Arcudi, you have Chuck Palahniuk, um, you have... Um, Joss Whedon does a, a poem in here, Richard Corbin, and they're just adding little, um, just little snippets of text to each drawing. And they, they all have a different kind of effect. Some people will be complimenting Jeff on his line and just, you know, gushing about that. Some people will be talking about Jeff as a person. There's a lot of jokes in here. Apparently, uh, <laughs> there, there's a lot of talking about how Jeff's on drugs when he does this, but he's never on <laughs> drugs. Yeah. Um, there's yeah, Joss Whedon, like I said, does a really cool poem, and I 
I thought that was a really interesting way to do an art book because usually you'll have, you know, like the creator talking about their process or something like that. But Jeff Darrow has no words in here. He doesn't do anything but uh, speak with his with his art. So I think that's he's even got like a Korra picture in here. I hadn't noticed from the Avatar thing. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's one of the more original things I've seen. I mean, I would have I bought it without even knowing that just because I love his art. But um, if you like art books and you're not, you know, it's kind of a uh, a step away from just straight up comics. It's not, you know, it's not like you're getting a full story here or anything. But uh, if you like Jeff Darrow's art, this book is awesome. It's a really nice hardcover from from Dark Horse, and uh, it was like thirty bucks. And you also get a lot of a lot of commentary from some really big names in comics. Like Richard Corbin is in here like ten times, and um, uh, Sir, Sergio Aragones is in here a, a lot of times. And yeah, I, there's not probably a lot to say about this one. This is the only non-comics thing technically on my yeah. list, but. Yeah, yeah. It sounds really interesting. Kind of, is it? What uh, was the kind of that? The dimensions of the book is it kind of like quite big? Is it a coffee table book or is it something that um would fit on a bookshelf? I wouldn't say it's coffee table. I think his he gets published through Dark Horse, and yeah. all of his books have had the same dimensions, so they're slightly larger. They go up on my shelf with my library editions. Okay, so they're they're pretty tall and pretty wide. They're they're oversized, I would say. Okay, that's that. That sounds great. Um, so I've been reading a few kind of series that I've I've been meaning to uh, catch up on. So I'm going to mention a couple of uh, uh, different series where I've just um I'm kind of like just got an up to date uh, with them. So the first one is uh, Ascender by uh, Jeff Lemire and Dustin Nguyen. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing their names uh, correctly. Um, so um, have you heard of Ascender? Uh, I have heard of Descender and Ascender, and yeah, I, I really want to read them both. Okay, so they 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 are too complementary. Oh, it's difficult to go into kind of like spoilers. In um, so Descender is the first series, and it's about a boy robot that um, it's kind of set in a, a universe where uh, robots have been banned because. Uh, all the planets within the galaxy were attacked by these giant robots that kind of like took out uh, a whole bunch of uh, life uh, throughout the um, throughout the uh, galaxy, and it's about a uh, boy robot that returns to his uh, brother, who's a who's a, who's a human, who's a human being, and kind of their adventures that go on from there. So it's kind of like an epic space opera with um, a family story at the heart of it and uh descender is uh the follow-up um series that's kind of set in the universe after the conclusion of descenders story and yeah it's just you know jeff lemay is kind of one of my favorite writers working in comics at the moment the art in here and the character design and the world that they've created is uh, engaging and um they've kind of like the character designs and the creature designs and the robot designs are all excellent it's superbly paced it's uh, got fantastic uh dialogue and uh, one thing i really appreciate appreciated about it was the coloring the coloring i just felt uh, he's kind of to me it looks like he's using this kind of washed out watercolor aesthetic to uh bring life to this 
sci-fi world so it's just yeah i just love lo looking at the book and kind of reading it um as well so yeah did you um so you finished all of descender and did you finish all of ascender yes so uh okay. ascender what well, i think i have I, from, from what i understand ascender is four trade paperbacks and descender i think is slightly longer with six trade paperbacks so i kind of i read um did i read most of descender um uh, as uh in paper form kind of like traditional format and uh uh a sender I read um, just on my iPad. I just borrowed the books from my um uh, from my local library using um, Libby. So yeah, interesting. I I read the first trade of Descender, um, and I, I liked it. I just I, I fell off. I totally need yeah. to come back and finish it. But I, I when I saw Ascender was coming out, I thought it was really interesting because Descender was like this really cold uh, mechanical. Like there's always robots on the screen, yeah. a lot of cool colors with the the colors and um. Ascender looked like a lot more organic, if, you, if that makes sense. Yes, I can't explain why that is without getting into lots of heavy spoilers, but the the artistic reasons for why Ascender looks a lot, a lot more organic and Descender's maybe got, got slightly colder color palette will make sense within the themes mm -hmm. of each story. And I, I genuinely, I don't want to spoil it for you, um, but yeah, kind of it makes sense why they've chosen the respective color palettes that they That's have. That's really cool. Okay. Uh, Jeff and, and Dustin actually just did a mini series at DC called Robin and Batman, which I've yeah. heard great things about. I'm haven't read it cause I haven't been reading a bunch of Cape stuff, but, yeah. uh, they can't really do any wrong. So, yeah. Um, all right. I have a kind of a similar thing in terms of art. Um, grab the book here. I've been picking up moon shadow by man. I don't know how to say this guy's name. J.M. Dematius, Dematius, yeah. Yeah. Dematius, uh, an art by John J. Muth. Um, this was an 80s comic that was out of print for a long time or so, I've been told. Um, it says it on the back, an out-of-print classic. Uh, it is a, originally, I think, a Vertigo series, basically. Oh, yes, I've read this. Yeah, you have? It's a, okay. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beefy old uh, book. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is it is dense. So it I I read that this was a twelve issue miniseries, and I received the hardcover, and it's giant. So these must be like triple oversized issues if this is a twelve issue miniseries. But um, so, so from what I remember, if I remember correctly, so uh, like the omnibus edition, and I don't know which edition that you've got. This kind of several editions out there contains um, material that were might not have been included in the original printing as well as um like the, the version that i read also had kind of like um an extra story at the end as well so yeah it did kind of i don't think it depends on which version of moon shadow you got is it the complete moon shadow or is it it is the yes. definitive edition yeah. yeah so i think so um yeah, yeah it's got to have extra stuff in here because i i can see the page color changes like in the last quarter of the book and it seems like it's like extras and stuff um i'm not fully done with it yet yeah, I can't talk a lot about it, but I've been really enjoying it. It is very, um, it's got very flowery, like delicate prose from Dematius. And it is, it's very Vertigo feeling. The art, I read somewhere that this is the first American comic to have fully painted artwork. And that is crazy to me if that happened in like 87 or whatever this is. That seems late, but yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's, I really like it because 
it, it kind of has that Sandman feeling, which spoiler is my other thing I've been reading after yeah. this. Um, and I mean, the art is just gorgeous when not to say anything bad about Sandman, but going from a similar time period in comics <laughs> yeah. from Sandman to this, this yeah. was a breath of fresh air. Yeah. 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 It's, so for those how do you do the how do you describe the plot of Moonshadow? it's kind of about a boy looking for his father who's an alien if i remember correctly yeah. sort of I it's kind of like a i'm only like i guess it's hard for me to judge i think i'm like three to four issues in yeah um like a little bit over a quarter and uh it's kind of like a coming of age story but it's also right now just kind of like a sci-fi romp like, I don't yes. know where this is going. He is kind of looking for his dad, um, but it, it just seems to be kind of scattershot. But also very, like, it's obvious that there's a, a plan here and an outline. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not sure. So you read this in its entirety a while yes, ago. Then. Yeah, I mean, oh, God, it might have been even been like 10 years ago. Okay, so <laughs> you probably don't time. have a huge yeah, remembering yeah, I mean, of it. I do kind of, it's one of those books that does leave you with, like, a lasting... Uh, impression so there's a lot of heavy themes explored in the book about the nature of legacy family um the cruelty of um, god and um it's it it's a really clever book in a lot of ways in terms of the way that it uh, plays around with where you think you are in the story isn't it's, it, it's kind of non-linear in a lot of ways so i don't know if you've encountered any of those elements quite yet where um, kind of like you, you you think you're at a certain point in these people's lives but you're actually either further behind or further ahead and they kind of uh they, they also kind of like play around with um representations of how the characters appear at different points in times as well so yeah it's um it's a heavy book that will kind of you'll be thinking about a lot a lot about what it says or what it's trying to say and what its themes are exploring a long time after you've finished reading it so yeah i'm, I'm excited I'd for you definitely I'll be really really in interesting to to hear i'll be fascinated to hear what you you think of think of it when you finish it yeah i'll probably be bringing it to the show because i'm not even halfway done i was just i've yeah. been pretty i've been digging it and i was excited to talk about it um the weird thing for me, I really like it, but the prose in here is so dense and yes. heavy that I almost yeah. kind of have to put my like novel reading brain on. Yeah. And so like, you know, comics, you know, you could say they're, they're art and they're literature and they are, but they're not all written like this. Like this is, yeah. this is like poetry almost like yeah. very dense poetry. And it's, it's got a very flowery language. And sometimes I just have to slow down and remember that I'm not reading a book and look at the, the art, which is beautiful by yeah. john j muth and um yeah i don't have a ton to say about it for now i think you said it better than me um but yeah i've been really digging it and if this was out of print for as long as they said it was like over 10 years then um i'm i'm really happy to have it yeah it's it's i think it's kind of one of those unspoken masterpieces really but uh, well yeah it's one yeah i mean it should be up kind of up there with um you know the other book that you mentioned sandman and um, kind of speaking of Sandman, the, the next book that I'm going to uh, mention is Raptor, a so-called uh, graphic novel by Dave McKean. So for those of our listeners who aren't aware, Dave McKean is a legendary artist. He did a lot of the covers on the uh, Sandman. Um, I think he did a lot of the covers on the actual 
the individual um, issues as well as the uh, trade paperback collections. And this is a it's a lyrical, poetic, graphic novel that uses a lot of um, abstract imagery and uh, poetry in its uh, text. And it's about a how to describe. So it's about these. Uh, so I'll actually just read out the um, synopsis because I think it do, does a better job of explaining it than than, than I would. So um, Raptor, or aka Sokol, flickers between two worlds, a feudal fantastical landscape where he must hunt prey to survive and wells in the late 1800s where uh, the uh, where a um, writer of supernatural tales mourns for um, the passing of his uh, uh, young wife and... Um, he exists between uh, two states, human and hawk. Uh, he lives between the twilight, between truth and life. Okay, so they they, they go into kind of um, uh, flowery uh, d- descriptions there of what's going on. It's uh, it's a really fascinating uh, book in a lot of ways because it kind of the two characters, the, the writer is writing a, uh, a so-called novel, but the so-called world exists as a separate entity and the two so Sokol starts interacting with the writer and the writer starts interacting with um uh Sokol so and it's it's not entirely clear whether these are just the imaginings of um the writer or if it's the imaginings of Sokol you're not entirely sure which world is the real world and it's um it's beautifully illustrated the the character designs are eerie and creepy and again, it it kind of hints a little bit in the uh, descriptions that I've just read out that um, some of the themes that are being explored around um, what one's purpose in life is, um, finding purpose in life after um, a loss, mourning, the way we set ourselves up for roles in societies uh, as well, and how those roles can be kind of self-fulfilling um i was reading just uh, a few of um dave's well i was reading a little bit from one of dave's interview and it kind of the subtitle is a so-called a graphic a so-called graphic novel so um i'm hoping there's more um stories with this catcher character featured in it because the you know so-called the character is um quite an interesting cat in in a lot of ways and he's got an interesting uh bunch of powers as well so in his world he's he's basically he's a hunter and he uses a hunting hawk to um uh fight the you know to 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 fight monsters and to hunt down prey and he's got these you know his you know powers involved in in, involved um uh tracking creatures down and you know using the the hawk in kind of like magical ways to 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 attack the you know these creatures that he's hunting so it's it's uh, a world that um, I'd be eager to get back to. So I, I really hope this isn't just kind of a one-off in that one. So, yeah. Wow. I am looking up art from this and it is like, uh, I have, I, it, it, it's, it's insane. I don't know if I've read a Dave McKean, uh, like comic entirely Dave McKean. Like I've seen his art and covers yeah, and like uh, spot fill-ins and issues and stuff like that. I've never read a graphic novel from him, and this is like a revelation. This is, I, yeah, he I doesn't really in, in his other graphic novels. He does a lot of stuff with like mixed media, 
and I've not been such a big fan of some of his other works. I think I'm specifically thinking about um, he did one graphic novel called uh, Punch and Judy, which the the art didn't really work for me in that one. But here um, it really does. It kind of it also reminds me a little bit because some of the abstract nature of some of the panels in there kind of reminds me some of the work of uh, guest of the podcast, Gareth Hopkins. He does like abstract comics where it's like the images you, you kind of you need to not think about about it like as a narrative but it's more about like it's like visual poetry and the words and the, the images on page kind of like are trying to evoke an emotion or um a memory within you so that's kind of that that's the other thing that i i, I quite enjoyed about that kind of the the traditional um art going along with some of the the, the more abstract stuff really it, it kind of like lingers in your brain afterwards. So yeah, I mm-hmm. quite enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. The art in this is like, I guess I have read Arkham Asylum that he illustrated, but it looks very tame for Dave McKean and very, I mean, it's already like very off. It's very different from everything else, but for, for him, it looks like normal. <laughs> like for <laughs> yeah, Dave McKean, yeah. it looks like normal art, but it, it blows away everything else that I've seen uh, this week, honestly, just because it's so unique. I, yeah. I'm I'm 100 going to buy this and probably another one that I saw, <laughs> yeah. called Black Dog by Dave McKean. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, so into some stuff with some not as great art. Um, Sandman. Uh, I read the second, the second deluxe edition, which has I believe volumes three and four. Yeah. Um, so that's for those playing along at home, is. Uh, Dream Country and Season of Miss, and uh, so um, first off, I've been given a lot of flack. I actually grew to like the art in in some of these these um, comics here. The art is very ropey. I mean, especially yeah. in the first um, first trade paperback, the art is very very ropey. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's not kind of event. <laughs> So like, the question is, how do you judge whether like art is good enough? And I think the best answer I've heard, and I think it is uh, John gave me that this answer is, is the artist drawing or illustrating the thing that he's intending to draw or illustrate? And I don't think that's the case in a lot of the Sandman early, yeah. early stuff. You know, you, I can't imagine that's the way they intended the panels to be kind of laid out. So, I mean, it goes to speak a lot to the world that's being created by um neil gaiman <laughs> really it's just, just yeah no yeah. it's just the art is not um yeah, it's, it's a bit ropey. yeah it's the the problem is like i have uh i own well I, I loaned it to a friend or i gave it to a friend and now i'm taking it back which is horrible uh sandman overture which is like the final entry in the sandman yes uh comics and that's drawn by jh williams the third which yeah. is like the most incredible artist you could have picked for a Sandman thing. So I, I'm just working towards that. Like it's my end goal. So every time I, I can't stay in the art, I'm like, I gotta get to, I gotta get to JH Williams. Uh, so, I mean, I, I grew to like some of them, but you're, you're totally right. Like the, the first few volumes and even in some of the later volumes that I've been reading, there's just, I think the art doesn't represent the script, which is, I think exactly what you were trying to say. Uh, it, I'm sure Gaiman's writing like a pretty complex script. There's a lot of symbolism and mythology and things like that in there. But that also means there's a lot of things to reference. 
and you don't have to um i feel like that would make it almost not easier to draw but having more reference materials and having things to draw on would would make the the figure work and stuff a little more concrete but it's just so loose people change faces um yeah there's a lot of inconsistency there yeah yeah Yeah. the panel work is just sometimes a little confusing layouts uh but then you get people like i i thought sam keith was was good um who else do we have here brian talbot was yeah probably the best guy in this book yeah Uh, brian talbot's a a, you know for for those of you don't know he's a british comic book legend he i think he's most recently most famous for doing the grandil yeah. Uh, Granville um, uh, Badger Steampunk uh, Private Detective series. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah. Which is kind of like a more British black sad kind of to me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. With yeah. some steampunk. Um, uh, yeah. So Brian Talbot's probably easily my favorite artist in there. He looks modern compared to these guys. Like yeah. everyone in there looks like the printing process was horrible back then. The colors were did not print well. But then he's in here making it look like modern comics. It makes everyone else look bad. So, um, uh, which um, which trade paperback did you mention you're reading at the moment? Did you say it was Mists of? Uh, I've read Dream Country and yeah. then Seasons of Season of Mists. Of what, what is Seasons of Mists about? Uh, so that's that's when um, basically Death, who is uh, the main character uh, Morpheus's uh, sister, yeah. guilt trips him about sending one of his lovers to hell. Because uh, she yeah. like said no to him, and so he goes back to get her, and essentially Lucifer's there, and he says, "I emptied out hell. Here's the key. It's yours." And then leaves. Yes, um, and the whole okay, thing yeah, is, yeah, that, yeah. It's like a big meeting of different mythologies. Odin is there. There's um some representative from an Asian mythology that I actually don't know what it is. There's a Bast from Egyptian mythology. It's a just classic neil gaiman stuff he's throwing a lot of gods at you um and then most of this i would say that was i think the only long arc in the deluxe edition the rest were like one shots um which is where brian talbot was at yeah and i i really enjoyed the the one shots just the only thing i really have to say about about sandman is i think it's really great writing uh the artworks most of the time for me at this stage uh but and he's very clever. Don't get me wrong. He's very clever and intelligent. He writes good stories. They're compelling. But I think he's up his own ass a little bit <laughs> because there is an issue in here called A Midsummer Night's Dream. And it is just them performing Shakespeare play uh, the whole time. Uh, just the dialogue is all from the play. And that's what the issue is. <laughs> and yes. it's kind of hacky, in my opinion, and kind of. He's trying to be highbrow, and it's kind of just boring. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of quite cool. I think, if I remember correctly, that does set something up later on in the series. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was, um, like, a cliffhanger at the end, but still, I was like, man, I worked for all this. Like, I just read A Midsummer Night's Dream in comic form, just for, yeah. like this. Yeah, so I think it, a lot of the stuff in Sandman does set things up for, for later on in the series so there is kind of a plan going on all the way through um going on all the way through the book um so yeah and kind of obviously the 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 netflix series i think is out sooner rather than 
later. So that's, it's going to be interesting how they adapt um, adapt those first uh, few trade paperbacks into into a, a live action um, series. I'll, I don't know if you if you've heard of that or if you're excited for it. Um, I have heard of it. Not, I'm, I'm, I I'm tempering my expectations, but I'm excited. I think it's going to be really tricky to adapt. Yeah, definitely. I think it's Big just budget. yeah. I think. Um, one of the interesting things I think uh, Neil Ga- I think Neil Gaiman said about um, comic books is that because it's a s- series of selections of moments frozen in time, you can just capture that one moment of absolute agony or absolute ecstasy. And there's a lot of weird shit, yeah. uh, weird, really weird stuff that's captured in uh, uh, the uh, Sandman um, uh, series. I'm just wondering kind of what visual choices they're going to make in character designs and how much stuff they're going to have to cut or adapt and kind of all that um, sort of thing. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, have you read Sandman before? Is this your first time through? Uh, I read, I have read the first two volumes before, yeah. and this is the furthest I've ever been. Okay, cool. So, I mean, it does, the art does get progressively better as the series becomes more popular and you know, he's able to, and I'll say he kind of vertigo are able to kind of bring on the artists that are a little bit more um, consistent. Um, mm-hmm. as well so the um which one should i talk about next i've got two books that i've um recently f- kind of read let's talk let's talk about um let's talk about so it, it's uh rat queens it was uh created by curtis j weeb and rock Upchurch, and it is a it follows the misadventures of a group of female adventurers. It's very much set in kind of a D&D fantasy universe. It's vulgar. It's uh, violent. It's uh, funny. Um, it's kind of uh, ultra-violent, hyper-sexualized. Uh, it's, it's a great romp. Um, the the action in it is fantastic. It's the dialogue is cutting and uh, funny. The uh, the characters are vile human beings in a lot of way, but uh, <laughs> in, in a lot of ways they've got not uh, you know they've they've each got their own um, uh, quirks and foibles that make them dislikable yet charming in the um, in the same um, in the, sometimes within the same. Uh, panel um so it's it's uh a really i mean if you're looking for like a, a fantasy adventure uh story um uh, you know the uh the, you know this is this is one definitely to check out i would say um uh the artists do change throughout the um book and uh i was a big fan of rock Upchurch is art and i think the the other two artists that i enjoyed were stefan oh, how do you pronounce that yeah, okay so it's spelled stp stepan yes stepan uh and uh uh test fowler's art i kind of enjoyed all the 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 uh the, the work that they did on it i'm not so fun of the uh i'm not so fun fond of the other artists that have uh uh, uh gone on to kind of like do the um coloring and the, the line work so uh owing Gini and priscilla um Pe- petrovat petrovat 
Uh, let me try again. Priscilla Petrates, um, I'm not so fond of their interpretation of the character, but I just think that's part of it. I don't think, uh, I, I don't enjoy looking at their art as much. And then part of it is you just get used to a certain visual style from one artist and the way they interpret the the characters being drawn and how they move the characters around the panel. And it's, it's just a bit of a shock to the system to um, have a different artist's interpretation there, especially when you don't enjoy it um, as much. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I've heard of this and I always wanted to try it, but I haven't. It just seems like, like a, I always assumed you could uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It was like a, it's kind of like just a fantasy romp, but it's kind of like dirty. Like it, it seems kind of, um, especially cause I know Stepan, I hope it's Sayich or yeah, Sejic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he likes to draw. He's he's kind of a sexual dude. It's it's very there are very some some very vulgar bits in there. There are kind of full on, um, uh, badge boobs and cocks in the okay. in the thing. But it's not kind of like salacious. It's more kind of um, how do we say? It? It's more kind of like oh, you know, it's more done that for me the way that I interpreted it. It was more kind of done in like a funny sort of way rather than oh look there's you know there's a boob oh it, mm-hmm. it's, it's not it's not really that it's more kind of like oh his his cock hacking he's hanging out isn't that kind of hilarious <laughs> yes. sort of thing it is i you know you, you are quite right it is kind of quite vulgar it's um uh but it's also quite funny as well so i think that, that those two things um kind of uh balance each other uh out um a lot um so yeah i quite i kind of quite in, enjoyed the um first trade paperback the second trade um the second volume i didn't enjoy i'm not enjoying as much so far because i'm not digging the art as much so yeah it's um i mean i'll i'll, I'll check it out kind of the first uh, adventure they kind of like go on is is you know quite i i, I enjoyed reading it quite a lot so yeah I definitely need to try this. I've wanted to. I just, yeah, I, like you, I noticed that the artist changed, and that's just kind of a turnoff for me, especially yeah. when it happens like multiple times. But I, it, if it's worth it, then it's then I, I definitely want to give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's I mean, it's definitely kind of uh, worth 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 um, checking out. I mean, my my only criticisms um, of it are that it is very much like I, I think I might have been missing out some on some of the jokes because it is very kind of heavily influenced by um D and D fantasy yeah. worlds, but I mean it's a, it's a very kind of like a diverse cast of characters. All the characters, all the main lead characters are female. You've got um gay characters in there, characters from different um uh, minority ethnic um backgrounds um as well. So yeah, it's it's definitely one to to check out if you're looking for something that's a bit ultra violent, quite vulgar, quite funny. Um, so yeah. Awesome. Was that your last one or do you have another? I do kind of have a, a another one. Um, but I think I might have talked about it uh, before. So I've got another one. If I, did I have, I have I talked about F E ether. Ether. Yeah. By David Rubin. Uh, and Matt Kent. Um, yes. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. You have not, but I, I am in the middle of reading it. Okay, sure. So that's kind of that the other one that I've, I've, I've finished reading over over christmas and then the other book that i've got i just finished was uh, eric the red king of the north so 
um, we maybe we might talk about Eva later on. So I'll talk a little bit about um, Eric did red after you've got your next pick pick out of the way. I actually, well, I don't I don't have a lot left. I just been reading Sandman, so it's okay. it's all you. Okay, cool. So um, we'll leave Eva to decide for the time being. Um, yeah, that was not planned. I did not know that you had just read it. I am I finished the first mini series. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let me just uh, grab the book. Um, so, um, uh, my next book, or well, my last pick, is um, Eric Verrett. I think I might have mentioned this before on one of our previous episodes. The full title of it of it is Eric Verrett, uh, King of the King of Winter. It's by Soren uh, Mosdal, and it's published by uh, Centrala. So, I did some volunteer work for Centrala. Oh God, it must be like a couple of years ago now, and they kindly sent over a few graphic novels that um, that they've published, and uh, this one, uh, this this graphic novel is inspired by the real story of the colonization of uh, Greenland. It's a tale of the wild north. Um, it's written by a Danish author, Soren uh, Mosdal, and um, it's set in the year uh, nine hundred and eighty-two. Um, it follows the adventures uh, or misadventures of Eric's Tolvaldson, um, who's also known as Eric the, the the Red, and it's about his uh, fight to keep control of um, uh, Greenland, uh, basically. So the the artwork is it kind of reminds me if um, rem- reminded me a lot of like Hellboy's artwork, um, if Hellboy's artwork was. Uh, occasionally uh, crossed with the character designs from Rugrats if that makes sense but it's very much more to the um to the Hellboy side side of things you know kind of in Rugrats the the characters have sometimes got like weird dimensions because it's like a a cartoon sort of thing but it's very it's very kind of like this is a very bloody violent book where there aren't really any sympathetic or likable characters in there um, pretty much all the characters in the book um, are deeply flawed and unlikable in in one way or another, but it's also very, very um, uh, compelling. Uh, Eric himself is a violent man, uh, a violent man, a capricious man that's uh, prone to fits of rage, um, and he, you know he's on he's on Greenland um, as a result of killing uh two of his neighbors um over some okay. stolen bedposts <laughs> so he, he's, he's 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 prone to these berserker rages he doesn't listen to the advice of his wife or his um advisor and his son has turned to christianity and one of the, the themes in the book is kind of like the nature of religion and how that can bring communities together and separate them out and how it can also kind of like divide um, families there's several sequences in the book where it's not entirely clear whether they are fantasy or dream sequences or whether um th- these are events actually happen where um odin and four appear before the characters either to chastise them or give them advice and um i really enjoyed those sequences because it, it, the, because of the way they're illustrated, you're not entirely clear whether it's actually, is this something that's actually happening or if it's just in the mind of the, um, the characters that are being um, uh, spoken to or affected. The, 
you know, so I enjoyed the artwork. I, um, it's a big, it's a big old chunky, um, uh, book as well. So it's kind of one of those ones where it will fit on like a bookshelf. Uh, well, maybe not. Um, it's, oh, really? it's, it's kind of, it's kind of like, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of quite a big kind of like, uh, uh volume really. So it's, uh, one of those ones, um, you need to kind of find space for it to, to, uh, fit somewhere it's i'd say the pages if you hold if you hold them out are just a little under maybe a3 so it's kind of like oh, it's, wow. quite, it's kind of kind of kind of quite a big book it's kind of one of those you might need um it's not one of those that you can slip, slip into your bag really um so uh yeah it's 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 beautifully the, the point i was going to say is i really love the lettering in this um it kind of just reminds it reminded me a lot of those um kind of old school barbarian comics that you might read kind of like the sword and sandals adventures kind of i love the way the 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 the, the scratchy outline of the, the the speech bubbles and i also loved how gloriously ugly a lot of the characters are as well and the the color palette is something that also really appealed to me it's kind of I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of everything's got this kind of like I don't want to say dull, but it's kind of like like the the, the lightness and the colours seeps out of every page, if that makes sense. So it's kind of it's very kind of like ominous and moody, um, kind of lighting and uh, colour palette kind of um on every page as well. So that's uh, it's definitely one to 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 check out. I think Centrala do publish some fantastic um books they they kind of focus on i'm um, trying to bring publish uh they try to bring they try to focus on bringing works co- comic books and graphic novels from eastern europe over to, to western europe and kind of the wider west um as well so if you yeah if you check out their website they've definitely got some fantastic stuff um, yeah on there i hadn't well. even heard of centrala yeah this the what you said about the coloring i'm looking at the art right now and it, it's really it does remind me of mignola from hellboy because yeah. yeah the coloring is kind of flat Yes. There's not a lot of light going on, you know. Yeah, um, and, and it's even kind of got similar. Yeah, even like the inking, like the, the the line work and the inking style, I think is also kind of quite quite similar, um, as well. Kind of, I mentioned um, Rugrats because the line work and that also reminded me of this uh, of this one, as well. So I mean, or vice versa. Um, and like some of the Vikings are kind of like quite tubby. So the way they move along kind of reminded me of like maybe like a baby <laughs> kind of like trying to move along um, a frozen landscape <laughs> as well, kind of a murderous frozen, a murderous uh, baby with a, a giant axe. Yeah, these <laughs> people are like brick houses, man. They're like yeah. squares with legs. It's awesome. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, another one to, to check out as well. I might actually be giving this one away uh, because I need to create space for more for more stuff. So if you check out um, our Instagram account, I might be doing a giveaway for, for for that one because I do need to create more space for stuff, even though I do love the comic. But yeah, it's one of those I want to, to share. Sacrifices have to be made. Yes. Out of curiosity, uh, how did you find Ether? Ether, I really enjoyed. Interesting. I did you, So you read all the miniseries? I've, yes. So I... So again, um, over Christmas, I downloaded a bunch of comics on my iPad from my library and Aoife was one of them so yeah that's awesome yeah. i was i think it was the best of 2021 episode i was just talking about david rubin on yeah. the hero yes yeah. really nice uh 
uh, synchronicity there. Yes. I'm just about to finish it. Maybe we can talk about it in the coming episodes. Yeah, yeah. That would be good, yeah. Awesome. Well, this was fun, man. Well, guys, I think that's about it for today. If you enjoyed listening, you should definitely write a review for us on Apple Podcasts or any podcatcher that you're using. Uh, you could check out our Instagram. Is it at See Through Panel Podcast? Is that right? Yes, I feel it. I believe that's correct. Yep. Uh, Fahed's really active on there. He He's our social media guy. He's way better yep. at that than I am. Yeah. And um, if, if you want to get in touch uh, by email, our uh, email address is seethroughpanel at gmail.com. Yep. Okay, so uh, that's it, guys. Um, I've got a back. We've got a backlog of like uh, independent comics or kickstarters that we need to kind of start reading. So we'll yes. try and get through as many of those uh, as 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 we can in in, in the coming months. Uh, please be patient with us. Thank you for listening. Please support the podcast by donating to the tip jar as well if you can. And yeah, just uh, spread the word about us as well. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. See you. Bye.